kind of putting your pharmacy lens on that, we are still seeing a lot of transactions and, and sales in the industry as well. So depending on how you're structured, there are a lot of small business CGT concessions and rollover relief that may be available to you if you are selling your pharmacy business. So just keeping in mind that as the ATO are focusing on CGT, really being mindful of going through that proper due diligence process with your accountants and your lawyers, just to make sure that you definitely are eligible to pass any of these relief concessions and you've got all your paperwork ready to go. Hi, I'm Emma Brown, Principal at RSM Australia, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For today's episode, we're bringing you a helpful and timely session that was presented at a recent PBCN webinar about making sure your pharmacy is prepared for tax season. Emma Brown, Principal at RSM Australia, helps simplify and demystify tax processes to help you maximise returns. Among a myriad of helpful tips and tricks for tax time, Emma also covers areas of focus for the tax office so you can maintain compliance and take advantage of available concessions, as well as some of the implications of 60-day dispensing. The pharmacy team at RSM understand pharmacy business, having worked with hundreds of pharmacy owners to ensure they achieve industry benchmarks. And so in this episode, let Emma's expertise guide your efforts as you prepare for June 30. Here's Emma's session. A couple of things we're going to focus on today. Um, we're going to touch on the ATO focus areas um, tonight, what they're looking at end of financial year this year. Um, a quick touch on GST and corporate health programs. Won't spend too much um, time there. The bulk of the time we want to spend around year-end tax planning. Um, it's that time of year. <laughs> and then a quick chat on the impact of 60-day dispensing to your pharmacies as well. So as Kian mentioned, um, we're not specifically focusing on your pharmacy business here. We're kind of looking at the overall picture. So some of you might have, you know, broader structures with personal passive investment side of things as well as yourselves personally. So um, a lot of the ATO focus areas this year are more on that personal side of things. So a big focus area is capital gains tax. Um, in particular, the ATO highlighting disposal of shares, crypto, managed investments and investment properties. Um, so just being mindful that there's a lot of data sharing these days. The ATO can see a lot of the times when you have disposed of things. So making sure that you're including all the proper information in your tax returns, you've got all your um, documentation on file to support any cost-based information and, and CGT calculations as well. Kind of putting your pharmacy lens on that, we are still seeing a lot of transactions and, and sales in the in the industry as well. Um, so depending on how you're structured, there are a lot of um, small business CGT concessions and rollover relief that may be available to you if you are selling your, your pharmacy business. So just keeping in mind that as the ATO are focusing on CGT, really being mindful of going through that proper due diligence process with your accountants and your lawyers um, just to make sure that you definitely are eligible to pass any of these relief concessions and you've got all your um, kind of paperwork ready to go. Other focus areas this year are rental property deductions and work-related deductions. So again, more of a personal lens there. Um, of particular note, the work-from-home deductions, there's been a little bit of leniency over the past couple of years of COVID of, you know, everyone's been working from home and 
maybe your, your deduction has been off roughly two days from week at eight hours at the sense and that's my deduction from one March of, of 2023, the ATO coming out with, you know, specifically wanting diaries or rostering requirements to prove those hours that you're working from home and a specific calculation. So just being mindful that that's something that they're looking at this year as well. Division 7A is always an important thing to look at coming in the end of financial year as well. Um, so this is particularly important if you do have a company within your structure at any point in time. And broadly, if your company has loaned monies um, either to any of the shareholders or their associates, maybe to a family trust, um, you just need to have a look at those arrangements and making sure either we're repaying that cash back to the company or if not, putting some strategies in place around there to make sure we're compliant with the Division 7A legislation. So one of those things might be making sure we've got all loan agreements signed and in place, which your accountants can help you out with as well. Um, if you do have these loan agreements, in place from previous years. It's just a matter of taking the time to look through what the minimum repayments are this year and making sure we're either paying those physically through cash or your accountants are managing them through minimum dividend repayments as well. Section 100A has been a pretty big focus from the ATO over the past two years or so now as well. Um, again, um, noting, you know, pharmacy industry obviously has very strict ownership rules as well with the way that you structure your affairs. Um, but broadly, if you do use a trust somewhere in your structure, whether that be on the personal side of things as well, just having a look at um, who that trust is distributing income to each year and versus who's spending the money and where the cash is actually going. So the ATO are trying to look at that mismatch of if the trust is distributing income, you know, say to uh, adult children beneficiaries, are those adult children actually receiving the benefit of the cash or is that just going to mum and dad for personal spending on holidays and renovating the house and things like that? So we've got about a, a two-year grace period where the ATO want to see that cash actually being distributed to the adult child beneficiary. Um, and another thing to watch out here as well is um, distributions to corporate beneficiaries as well. So just being aware of those focus areas. Again, hopefully none of this is new to anyone on the phone call. It's been um, a couple of years now, big focus has been payroll tax in the medical industry as well. Um, so just being really mindful if you do engage contractors or locums within your pharmacy, um, the key message here is just having a look at the details of the contract. Um, essentially, you know, back in the olden days, we used to think, oh, they're a contractor. We don't have to pay any superannuation or payroll tax or workers' compensation or anything like that. Uh, but there's been a lot of cases going through where the outcome have been in favour of the revenue officers of looking at, well, what is this actual underlying relationship an apple is an apple if this is actually an employee who's primarily working for you and, and so forth, um, then they're likely going to be treated as an employee relationship and all these things um, you'll be liable for as well. <clears throat> so essentially the rule is, you know, they're in unless they're out and there's really strict rules on making sure they are out as a contractor. So key message here is just really have a look at the wording of those contracts and chat with your accountants and lawyers if you're unsure. Um, superannuation here in particular will need to be paid directly to the superannuation fund, not for the to the contractor or locum and then for them to direct. So just making sure you've got all your T's crossed there. Um, service entities. So this is a big one in the pharmacy industry as well. Um, and a, a great 
um, method to utilize as well to maximize your your tax um, across across the group. Um, but essentially, this is where you might have a trading entity where your pharmacy business is run from, and it pays fees to a service entity. Um, and that's a fine strategy to use as long as you're considering the ATO guidelines around comparable rates and indicative rates and their profits test. Um, so essentially, uh, the ATO have released their guidelines on um, their acceptable rates for what the markup is on, and it's different depending on whether it's labour or you're having equipment hire, um, expense payments or rental, um, and then broadly having a look at um, no greater than 30% of the combined profits of the trading pharmacy entity and the service entity of those profits being in the service entity. Um, so if that, if you pass those tests, then you're a low audit risk for the ATO. So again, it's just making sure you've got all your proper work papers there with the calculations to make sure you're keeping everything market rate and not uh, grossly excessive as the ATO like to call it. Briefly, GST and corporate health programs, um, just a flyaway comment here that there is a conception that um, you know health services are GST free. Generally, that might be the case. However, uh, if you do have some kind of um, contract with a, a corporate health program, uh, the parties can agree to not treat the supplies as GST free. So you may need to remit GST in your bars. So again, just a reminder to double check your agreements to make sure that um, there's no clauses along those lines and you are being compliant with the GST legislation so you don't get caught out there. Jumping into the fun stuff, the tax planning. Um, so this is a great time of year to have a look at, you know, how the business has performed uh, year to date up to May, and then having an estimate of what we think it's going to look like up until 30th of June. And that gives you a really good idea to kind of plan out what's your tax going to look like so you can budget that for that with the cash flow, as well as um, put some strategies in place to uh, minimise that legally as best as possible. Um, especially in this current environment with all the, the discussion around 60-day dispensing, it's a really good opportunity as well to think about budgeting for the 2024 year, having a think about how that's going to impact your business um, and putting in place some KPIs and benchmarks um, where we can really track that and make sure we try and keep on top of preparing for those impacts to your business. So some of the considerations that we, we look at, and again, once you've kind of forecasted your profit for the year and what your tax is going to look like, maybe you've had, um, you know, a really great year and, and profits higher than usual this year and you're looking at paying more tax than, than, um, than you usually would. Maybe it's gone the other way. So these are some of the things we can have a think about to try and look at whether, yeah, we, whether can, we can, um, you know, the timing of when we recognise income and expenses to try and smooth that out for you. So a big one um, for pharmacy is making sure we conduct a stock take at 30 June um, every year as a minimum, hopefully, hopefully more often. Um, not only does that help you keep on top of, you know, stock wastage, obsolescence and theft and things like that, um, you're able to um, account for this at the lower of replacement or cost or market value. So if you can decrease the value of your stock at end of financial year, that'll give you the best tax deduction depending on how you're valuing it. Uh, capital expenditure. So we still have those really amazing provisions in place that the ATO introduced through COVID to have an immediate tax write-off um, for capital assets brought on rather than depreciating them. 
So if you were thinking about needing to replace um, any kind of assets within your pharmacy, whether that be, you know, a pod system for front of sale all the way through to kind of a robot, provided you meet the eligibility requirements, which they're quite generous, turnover of um, $5 billion, <laughs> a lot of people are captured, um, you can claim an immediate tax deduction for that rather than having to capitalise them and only depreciate them over the useful life. So that's um, a really good opportunity to take advantage of. Superannuation is only tax deductible once it's paid. Um, so an easy one if you're looking for extra tax deductions and you have the cash flow available is thinking about bringing forward the payment of your June quarter superannuation to be pre-30 June and making sure that superannuation is received by the super funds as well. Um, and kind of from that personal lens as well, if you want to think about maximising your personal superannuation deductions. Um, so that threshold for individuals is $27,500 that you can get in um, as a tax deductible super contribution. So having a look at how much you've contributed year to date and um, whether you want to put some more in a superannuation. Timing of expenses and prepayments, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so again, um, assuming you're accounting on an accruals basis or even a cash basis, um, thinking about bringing forward kind of expenses if you need um, some extra deductions this year. Um, so, um, and prepayments as well, provided you meet, um, you have less than $50 million of turnover across your whole group aggregated. Um, if you prepay for services, as long as they fall within that 12-month period, you can claim the tax deduction straight away as opposed to having to um, only claim it as on a prepayment schedule of, you know, each month. Um, so having a think about what expenses are coming up and whether you can bring anything forward to pay in June. Timing of CGT. So if you have any sales coming up, um, you know, it's kind of, we're three weeks out from 30 June now, um, having a think about how that impacts you, if you're gonna have any capital gains tax to declare in your in your income, or whether it's worth pushing that into the next financial year, if, if that's allowed, you know, depending on the timing of things as well. So just being mindful of that. As a general rule, capital gains is calculated on the exchange of contract states. Um, as opposed to settlement. So once you sign that contract, that's generally when they're included, unless there's um, some conditions precedent in the contract, it can get a little bit complicated. Um, and then finally, just thinking about minimum dividends as well. So that discussion we had earlier on the Division 7A rules, making sure we're being compliant um, both with that and the minimum dividends required there, as well as having a look at your whole group structure and, and how everything's flowing out and um, utilising everyone's taxable thresholds as best as possible and, and planning for dividend payments from the company. If you do run your pharmacy in a company, so a corporate entity, there is um, loss carryback provisions as well. So essentially, um, if your company has a taxable loss, previously you would have to carry that tax loss forward to future years and then you'd be able to utilise that to offset income in future years. Um, but there are some temporary provisions at the moment where if you want, you can convert that to a refundable um, tax offset to get the cash back now as opposed to carrying that forward. So having a think about that as well, um, if any of these considerations that we've gone through do put you into a tax loss, then it's not something that generally needs to be quarantined like it would have had to in the past. So some action items before 30th of June, if you do have a discretionary trust, they will be required to um, prepare income distribution resolutions before 30th of June and make sure they're signed and on file. So making sure we don't forget those. 
Um, and just a reminder about superannuation guarantee changes. So from 1 July, the superannuation guarantee rate is increasing to 11%. So making sure we're getting all our payroll systems ready for that change. Um, and then just quickly preparing for 60-day dispensing. Um, the, main, the main takeaways that we wanted to talk about here was just really being proactive and understanding how the how the changes are going to impact your your pharmacy. So hopefully a lot of you have already had time to access and review the strong room or Nostradata reports um, and see the financial impact to your pharmacy. And then it's kind of planning for the future of how we can try and mitigate um, some of that financial risk. So the first thing being inventory, just having a look at you know calculating your appropriate stock turn levels. Um, having a look at your stock lines, is there anything there that's non-productive that you can um, get rid of and think about not bringing in again? Um, having a look at the critical clauses in your lease. So do you have any rent reviews coming up? When's the expiry date of your lease? Are there options to renew? Um, uh, practically having a look at the space in your pharmacy, are you, how are you utilising the front of shop area um, in the in the lease clauses? What are your core productive trading hours? And um, you know, thinking about whether you need to start engaging with your landlord on, on reducing rent if possible. Um, we've been helping some of our clients with those discussions even throughout COVID, so it's nothing new. So engaging assistance from your advisors if you need help with that as well. Um, once you've had a good look at the lease, the next thing would be looking at rostering and just syncing that with your lease as well. So once you've had a really good think about your core trading hours and whether we need to um, redefine those with these impacts, how does that align with your roster? Um, do we need to make some serious calls there? Having a look, good think about the CPA programs. If there's any that you're not utilising, that perhaps you could be to help replace some of that lost income. Um, and importantly, just kind of um, your communications with the bank as well. Once you've gone through all these steps, you can have a good think about how any bank covenants are going to be impacted. Um, you, we've got Ben and Belinda on the call here, which we'll go through, I'm sure, um, from their perspective as well, um, what they'd be looking to have conversations about, but just keeping that line open so that um, we can get everyone working together. Um, and finally, seeking assistance from your advisors if you need any help as well. So that's all I had on my end. Hopefully we've got a little bit of time for questions that have come through. Yes, I've got one question here. With the diaries on the working from home point, are there any easy tools that can be used or is it just as simple as a spreadsheet? And then also, if I am correct, with a vehicle log, it just needs to be a sample size of three months. Is that the same with the use of home office or is it a little bit different? Yeah, so uh, it can be as simple as an Excel file, just tracking your dates, that's fine. Um, the vehicle log, yep, that's right where you just need a representative 12-week period and then that lasts for five years. Um, but with the diary, the ATO are actually wanting to see that week on week. It's not really a representative period thing for them. So that's a change that's come in from March. Um, yep, so you can they've given you the leniency from July to end of February to do that really high-level calculation. But from March, they'd be expecting to see those diary entries. Okay. Uh, there's a second one here. Is the capital expenditure incentive available in 2023-24 or does it end this financial year? Uh, the latest I've seen is this financial year, subject to, you know, these things have been uh, rolling on for a few years now and kind of getting better and better. So depending on what happens with the budget next year, but at the moment it's this financial year. 
As I said at the start, that session was presented at a recent PBCN webinar about making sure your pharmacy is prepared for tax season. The end of the financial year is fast approaching, but don't let your tax affairs get the best of you. I know that it is stating the obvious that everyone is busy, but it is important to take time out to make sure that you are prepared for the end of the financial year so that things can run smoothly and you can focus on what you do best in your business. To hear the full PBCN webinar recording and view the slide presentation to go with it, visit the Guild's website. The full presentation includes sessions from Charlene Wellard from Meridian Lawyers and Belinda Hegarty and Ben Massey from Combank Health. There's a link, of course, in the show notes for you. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 125 of the PBCN podcast. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.